Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Summer of Love rolls on, boys and girls. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman, the cuter one. And I am Chad Sowash. I have no clue what he's talking about. The guy's not cute. This week, LinkedIn is out for blood. Dice hits rock bottom. And there ain't no party like a microchipping your employee party. Stay tuned for a rip-roaring time. If I can get this to work. <laughs> there we go. The largest recruiting engines are built on sovereign technology. The top three artificial intelligence innovators in the world use sovereign AI software. We've been the world leader in recruitment intelligence software since 1996, and we offer the most configurable, scalable, and accurate software on the market. It's also simple to integrate. Learn more about our resume parser and our artificial intelligence matching engine and how they can help improve your hiring process at Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> but hey, we got to hear it from Sovereign, so, uh, you know, get off my back. Yeah, no, we, love, we, we love a little Sovereign. Yeah, by the way, I was uh, alerted that many of the companies we talk about use Sovereign technology, so... Get with it, people. I had no clue. I had no clue. (laughs) They're as high-tech as microchipping your employees, which actually happened this week. Yeah. Okay. So why would 50 people choose to be embedded with microchips? My question. Because they got a free T-shirt, apparently. Humans are dumb. You were were out last week. Uh, You may not have caught this. This was like major news. This company microchipped their employees. They had a, They gave them T-shirts. They had a big party and cake. Um, how the hell this is a reason to celebrate is beyond me. Um, but this company did it, and employees actually got microchips injected into their into their hands. It, it, it's ridiculous at, at at a level that I can't even comprehend. I mean, they, they, yeah, they received T-shirts on the front said I was microchipped and on the back said, kick me. I'm a dumbass. Um, <laughs> the, the only, the only, re- I mean, the only reasons that I've going through the, the videos and, and some of the stories and whatnot that I could see um, that they were getting these microdermal sub whatever chips, right. Um, was because they could open doors and they could go to the cafeteria and they could do little things like the, the copy machine and they could use this in their palm instead of actually like a key card or a fob. Now, how stupid or lazy do you have to be? If I go to the cafeteria and I can't even pull my, my, my card out of my wallet just to swipe so that I can get, I can get some food or if I have a fob and just go ahead and just put my fob wave my fob over the door to open it or to get copies or something like that. I mean, dumb, lazy, and ridiculous. That's all I got, man. I have a question. When these people leave this job, what happens? 
Yeah, no, dude. I, seriously. So that do was they slice them open and get the chip uh, back. Do they from, from a practicality standpoint? I have no clue. So it's like you're pulling Joe in because Joe he sucks at what he does. Okay, but. You know, we got to pull him in HR and we got to let Joe go or maybe it's just a layoff. Who knows? Maybe Joe's a great employee, but, you know, we got to lay him off. Yeah. Got to have a nurse present. We, pretty much. Need that chip, Joe. <laughs> yeah, gotta chip, have the chip back. Going to need the chip there, buddy. Uh, here's a and box. Many, and we need a chip. And how many employees get the chip because they think it will keep them their job? Like, it'll be harder to fire me if I have this piece of machinery in my body. Yeah, if they're, I mean, they were dumb enough to get it implanted in them in the first place. They're probably dumb enough to think that. You know, there are some that are like, I'm not getting fired. I got the chip. I'm chipped. Chipped. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, now I, my dog and I, we are both chipped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, maybe they're just hoping to eventually become robots so they don't have to be replaced by robots. This is going to be million yeah. dollar man uh, generation. Well, well, that being said, I mean, back to because this was happening in Wisconsin, right? So mm -hmm. a factory in Wisconsin kind of pivoting off of this story into a new one. A factory in Wisconsin is showing uh, the forces that are driving automation can, quote unquote, evolve um, for reasons that uh, have to do with workforce conditions and lack of workforce. Um, the company actually uh, had reasoning. <laughs> this is this is great optics, right? Because their reasoning was not behind. It. We're not trying to replace humans. We weren't looking to modernize, uh, you know, our our equipment or, or what have you. The reason why we're doing this is because humans are not reliable, and they are damned hard to find. That's why. In from an optics standpoint, I get that. Right. Because we humans are a pain in the ass um, and we are expensive. We're more expensive than robots are. And we don't have to worry about, you know, not showing up for work because they're there all the time. So you've got all these companies who can see from a cost effectiveness standpoint that putting robots in actually saves them money. It makes them, again, more productive uh, and uh, they don't have to worry about the stupid human shit that we have to worry about every day. So I have two questions here. Uh, the first one is what in the world is in the water or the cheese in Wisconsin? Um, <laughs> that insanity is ensuing there. And the second one is, I think you know, what I gleaned from the story that's that I guess we haven't talked about yet is that this impacts rural communities. In other words, yeah. um, this is specifically in a rural area in Wisconsin. And, you know, in a lot of rural areas, and we both live in Indiana where there's a lot of rural presence um, you know, things like automation can really devastate an entire community, um, almost similar to how the, uh, the steel mill shutting down, you know, in the eighties and nineties really devastated some steel towns. Oh, yeah. So we don't talk a lot of, you know, we talk a lot about, oh, we're going to go to restaurants and order on a machine or we're going to self drive there while we eat. And, but I mean, this could really devastate entire communities, um, has. you know, if it, if it takes hold. And I think we both think that it will. It already has. 88% of jobs that were actually lost out of the manufacturing industry were lost to automation, not jobs going to China or Mexico. So everybody believing in this 
bullshit about, oh, we're losing our jobs to Mexico. We're losing our jobs to... No, we're not. We're losing it to automation. And we're losing it to automation because, first and foremost, they can't find the people. They can't find the reliable people to actually show up and do the damn work. Um, Not to mention, don't get me wrong... companies are always looking for, you know, the impact on the bottom line. And this is a very big focus on making more money, being more reliable, making more money. If we take a look at profits, they're bigger than ever. And why do you think that is? It's efficiencies. Sure. Sure. Um, So India is not going to take it anymore, though. They've India is apparently on track to say no to a lot of automation. A uh, story came out to, uh, this past week that the government is essentially going to outlaw certain forms of automation in order to help people keep their jobs. And we talk about rural communities. I mean, most of India is rural um, in terms of you know workforce and what they do. So that has a huge, huge impact on them. And you know, India wants to keep the pitchforks and the fire. Uh, in check. So they're going to actually outlaw automation. And I think this will probably be something that our government and most every government thinks about in terms of keeping, you know, their citizenry at bay. Um, So I I think it'll be a a trend that, you know, hits the U S what do you think? It's like Luddites 2.0, right? Um, So yeah, they, there's no question. I think India is incredibly smart. They, they've got a they've got a huge population. So it's still a, currently a booming population, and they understand to keep their people happy, they have to keep them fed, right? And to keep them fed, they have to keep them in jobs. So you know, our I really believe over over the past decade, um, our government has focused very heavily on innovation, although not the the perspective impact of what that that innovation could mean with regard to automation, loss of jobs, and, and those types of things. And I mean, if you think about it, just the very basic things that we do day by day. I went into Kroger this morning just to buy a few things. I went through self-checkout. There are six six uh, self-checkouts that are open. Only one person has to man those six, six checkouts. Um, we're teaching ourselves not to deal with humans anymore. How many jobs, how many cashiers or, or, or what have you don't have jobs because now that's where everything's going. It, it, it's getting embedded into just about every part of our life. So let's stick, let's stick with the government question for a second. We, we both kind of agree that our government is pretty clueless on a lot of this stuff. Yes. Um, but at some point, they're going to have to wake up and say, okay, this whole automation thing impacts voters. Um, what are we going to do about it? I mean, yes. let's let's take it here in the U.S. Does the U.S. government start start taxing excessively, create regulations, or stri- straight up outlaw automation within corporate America? Yeah, I don't think they outlaw it, and I think it, it's incredibly inf- it, it's important that we look at this as a bottom line scenario, not for companies but for the government. Because take a look at the amount of taxes um, that could be lost with. Eighty-eight percent of automation jobs, again, that were lost just over the last uh, just last few years, going to robots. How much? How much actual income tax is being lost? Not to mention the, I mean, tax abatements and things of that nature. That's that's actually happening. So, you know, we need roads, we need schools, we need all these different things. But how are we going to pay for it if some of our main funding mechanisms, in some cases? Um, is going to go away. It's going to go by the way of automation. So as soon as this impacts votes and dollars, uh, the government will pay attention. 
Well, um, no, I, you, I'm going to say it already that? has. It already has. And, it, and it's been a bunch of bullshit when we hear from presidential candidates that, oh, yeah, we can't have, you know, immigrants taking our jobs and our jobs are going and being exported to, you know, outsourced to here and there. It's not the case. It's all bullshit. What's happening is there are jobs that are open today that are not being filled because of the types of jobs that they are. It's all there is to it. We have to, as Americans, take a look at what we need to do to be able to, again, put food on the table and, and again, to be able to ensure that we have drivable roads, hopefully a paid hyperloop. Um, it's just it's it's amazing, man. It really is. Do you agree with uh, Bill Gates when he says that we should tax robots and automation? That's the only way we're going to be able to offset the loss that we're going to be getting from not having the the income taxes. I mean, how else are we going to do it? I mean, I guess there are other ways to do it, but I think from a comp, a comparable standpoint, if your company had X amount of jobs and those are lost to automation, there's got to be some type of formula and or variable where we start to get that that dollar back. Clearly, starting a war with North Korea is the way to do that, but that's a whole different podcast topic. <laughs> Dude, before we break for uh, a word from our sponsor, I have a quick rant. Oh, um, God. And it's it's a rant that dates back even to our first show, I think. Um, please, please, people, stop the auto messaging on LinkedIn. Oh, no. If you get an alert that someone has a birthday, they've changed jobs, uh, they've added something in their profile... And LinkedIn gives you that easy, convenient, congrats on the new job, happy birthday. Don't do it. Just don't. Take take five seconds, write a custom message, even if it's something like, booyah, way to go. That's it. You're, you're going to separate yourself from the idiots that just click send because you get, you get 20 messages. They're all the same. They are silent. They're stupid. They're lazy. Just stop doing it. And uh, hopefully I won't have to say that again, but I'm sure that maybe 10 shows down the road I will. But stop auto messaging. And if you're doing it with recruits, you're really dumb because you really look stupid and lazy. Thank you. So thing happened when my when my birthday popped up on LinkedIn. I had hundreds of people saying happy birthday and just hitting that auto message and yeah, so I actually took my birthday off of LinkedIn because of that. If you cannot take the time to compose a custom message yourself, do not do it. Yeah. Don't do it. If, and that's fine. Just don't do it's, it. It's so easy to cut through the clutter of stupidity and just write something cutesy or creative. And you'll look, you'll look amazing. You'll look like, holy cow, somebody actually customized a message. They really care. Um, so anyway, let's hear from uh, AJ, and when we come back, we're going to talk LinkedIn and Google, which we never talk about on the show, obviously. America's Job Exchange is celebrating our 10th year as an industry leader in diversity recruitment and OFCCP compliance. We've been helping our 1,000-plus customers comply with OFCCP regulations that directly support positive and effective diversity recruitment designed to attract and convert veterans, individuals with disabilities, women, and minorities, and empower employers to pursue and track active outreach with their local community-based organizations. Want to learn more? Call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www 
AmericasJobExchange.com. LinkedIn is out for blood. Yeah, in, in many different ways. Okay, and this, this is an ongoing, I think, fascinating case where essentially LinkedIn wants to protect its profiles, uh, which, by the way, aren't necessarily their profiles. They're their users' profiles. Um, so I guess that's where it gets a little bit complicated. But uh, HiQ uh, basically is a company that will help help employers understand uh, like what what people might be in play to recruit more than other people. So, for example, if I if I update my profile, HiQ says, "Oh, they might be on the move. They just updated their profile. Um, you might want to put them on your radar in terms of recruitment." So essentially, they have to go to LinkedIn and scrape pages and look at data when it changes. So LinkedIn is especially is essentially saying, "Stop scraping us." Um, terms of service, you can't do it, etc. So there's there's a real debate of, you know, if I if I put my profile on LinkedIn publicly, should I should I be open to services like that? You know, am I using LinkedIn with them being able to say that? If I'm on the open web. You know, like there are a lot of questions here. Um, everything I've read is that the, they, they tend to think that LinkedIn is going to win this case. But it has uh, if, if LinkedIn does win, then there's some definite you know, ripples in the ecosystem of you know, companies that are doing this and basically creating a business on the back of LinkedIn data um, that have to go out of business because they won't be able to to do what they do anymore. Yeah, I think it, this whole case revolves around public information, right? I mean, if it's public information, um, we always ask ourselves, what does it actually cost to use LinkedIn for free or Facebook for free, right? What can they, I mean, advertisements, what's it actually cost us? We, we think about that. But what does it actually cost LinkedIn to be able to provide that service for free? Because that is, that. I mean, it's public information because it's being provided for free. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be a hard converse, uh, con- conversation, especially with um, the Google ruling that came down in uh, in Europe. Just was it like a, a month or so ago? Um, antitrust and I mean, the whole monopoly piece. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be I think it's it's a, it's a separate conversation now. Where could this actually lead, especially with the advent of Microsoft being being their daddy? So essentially, I mean, LinkedIn, LinkedIn gets around this a little bit because if, if I go on to Google, if I'm not logged in to LinkedIn, um, I can only see bare minimum information about a profile, you know, name, where they work. I, I can't get in-depth sort of data. I have to actually be logged in to LinkedIn to do that. So LinkedIn essentially says, okay, Yes, it's, you know, this is a public profile, but it's a limited profile. You have to see the whole thing uh, only if you're logged in. So then if you're logged in, that means you're a user of LinkedIn, which means you are um, under their terms of service in terms of how you use the site. So LinkedIn gets around that whole public profile thing by saying you can't see it all until you log in. And when you log in, you're a user. And if you're a user, you have to play by our rules. Is it free? Um, is LinkedIn free? And yeah. Searching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, then, I mean, really, <laughs> it, then, then, then it's public. I mean, they're, they're making, they're creating their own rules and they're defining their own bullshit is what it's coming down to. 
Um, and I totally get it because they're trying to create terms of service that block out everybody else with their own data, especially with everything that's going on and being sold for $26 billion to Microsoft. So I get it, but I, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting case, and I think it will have repercussions throughout the industry. I think ultimately LinkedIn is going to come out of this as a totally closed system where no one can access it which is probably what they would prefer, or it's going to be more open web stuff. And yeah. this court case will be uh, really interesting. Um, and more news from last week uh, that only heightens Microsoft's um, sort of focus on LinkedIn is that Microsoft 365 now integrates uh, LinkedIn, which to me, and I think you as well, is saying, you know, this is another uh, moved by the big boys, the big mm-hmm. platform players. Yeah. This thing's going to go down to you know Microsoft, Google, and probably Facebook, and some others are sniffing around like Amazon and Slack and some others. But you know, to me, this is another huge move to say Microsoft is serious about the enterprise space. They're serious about LinkedIn, um, and this move with 365, as well as the constant smackdown from legal, uh, you know, legal activities, says that they're serious. No, they're serious, man. They're totally serious. If you go to the um, Dynamics 365 page, and I mean, they're calling it Dynamics for Talent, Dynamics for Sales, Dynamics for this, that, or the other thing. But this one was Dynamics for Talent. LinkedIn is pasted all over that bad boy, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, And the way that you can use LinkedIn data, not just in finding talent and recruiting talent, but also in the ERP side of the house, so resource planning side, is really cool. You can have uh, pretty pretty cool uh, profiles of your current employees, uh, and there's just a ton of stuff that they're trying to integrate into this to make it an enterprise platform, which I think is incredibly cool and you know kind of polar opposite to what we're seeing with Google Hire. How so? Google Hire's SMB. I mean, they're okay. looking for the yeah. small for now. growing. Growing, yeah, growing from the yeah, but I mean, this is a, this is different from a growth from a growth standpoint and from uh, entering the market. So if you're going into the market and you're going straight enterprise, there's a lot of shit you got to figure out going to enterprise right out of the gate, man. I mean, from a compliance standpoint, from process methodology standpoint, from you know just just process methodologies, it is it is crazy. So the way that Microsoft is going to enter the market on the talent side via LinkedIn, right? And much of what they have there is a much different path than what Google Hire is taking on the SMB side. Google, and we'll talk about this in a minute, they can, they can make more mistakes. They can make more mistakes than LinkedIn can out of the gate, or than uh, Microsoft can out of the gate. Yeah. And also, by the way, uh, you as the PC user of the duo here, uh, recognize that LinkedIn is, is now integrated into uh, yeah. Windows 10, right? Yeah. Yep, Windows 10. So not only not only on the enterprise side, they're serious about getting LinkedIn on the consumer side and how you use their own sort of consumer software. It LinkedIn wants they they want a social network and shit, dude. They bought a great social network, um, you know, depending on who you ask, but they bought a great social network um, with LinkedIn. So yeah, trying to ensure that you get that embedded into every really piece of uh, a user's day, whether it's their mobile. I don't know that anybody actually has any Windows phones anymore, um, but you know, your, your PC or, or your whatever it is, Windows 10 users, yeah. it's very smart. 
You know, that's a, that's a great point um, that I thought about before you said it, but the mobile piece, you know, Microsoft has had incredible challenges actually building a phone and entire operating system and have failed, you know, LinkedIn may be their sort of back door into a mobile presence. And if they can start building separate apps, whether it be messaging or whatever, uh, business yeah. contact CRM type stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, LinkedIn may be their way to get into the iPhone and get into Android um, in a real way where they really haven't been able to in well, the past. Yeah, and last week we talked about LinkedIn videos, right? And then interviewing, which where that could prospectively parlay into into video interviewing. I mean, there's yeah, just yeah. so many different opportunities that are there for Microsoft. I think, you know, looking at the the price tag that they paid for LinkedIn at first, you're like, holy shit. But then you take a look at the prospect of what's going on now. Um, you know, I think it's it's really starting to shake out. And there's just there's a ton more that they're going to be able to do. Yeah, I think we wondered when it first happened was, you know, is Go is Microsoft just doing this because they want to keep Google away from it? Right. Or are they actually going to commit to it? And the answer is they're actually committing to it. So good for Microsoft and, and good for the industry. I think it was both. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably both. Yeah, that extra $6 billion was probably Google-driven. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Google, gee, we had great segues in this show. Um, so Google Hire, uh, uh, article in Search Engine Land came out that sort of bashed the SEO of the main sort of consumer or the, the, the sort of the, the B2B facing site right. of, of Google hire. And so I was sort of inspired to dig into the actual corporate sites that, that they've, that they've built. Um, and Google has some work to do. Um, I mean, there are some clear fails on Google's part um, on these sites that need to be corrected. Um, a couple of them, just real quickly, there's there's pretty much zero branding on these career sites. There's no logo. Um, it looks like there's some color options, but that's pretty limited. Um, you know, that's a bad thing because people need trust when they go to these sites. And if there's no logo, there's and all the URLs are Google logos, so it's not like you're on the corporate logo or the corporate URL. Um, so that's that's a challenge. These, these, these job postings should be ranked very well on Google for jobs. They should certainly outrank uh, job boards that have their postings, um, but they don't. They don't even outrank. In some cases, they don't even show up. So there needs to be better sort of real-time, I post a job on Google Hire, and it goes on to Google for jobs. Um, there needs to be a, a more a, a quicker turnaround on that. The jobs don't particularly rank well on Google web searches. So if you search... You can actually do a, an exact match search on some of these jobs and indeed jobs and Glassdoor jobs uh, outrank Google for like Google higher job postings. So that that should change or should become better. And some of that goes back to the SEO fails that search engine land talked about um, that uh, that Google Google can change. So that's just a few things. The URLs are pretty bad. So like putting the URL in a job posting or an email and saying, hey, click here to view the job. I think that could be better. Um, instead of a really long string uh, URL, you know, shorten it, you know, have the Google shortener or have something that, you know, can allow you to shorten it sort of like you do on YouTube. You can uh, send a short URL. So Google has a lot of work to do. I'm sure they realize that, but it's not a perfect product by any means uh, at the moment. No. And, and that's why I said earlier, from an expectation standpoint, if they were to jump into uh, the enterprise level, now with a product like this, yeah, they would be ripped to shreds. But 
I think very, very, very smart decision to start on the SMB side of the house. Not to mention, if you take a look at the prospect of of dollars with their base, their three million businesses that are using it today. Um, you know, there's great revenue on the SMB side of the house and you can have some of these fails without really small businesses. I mean, really understanding that. I mean, the branding thing. Yeah, it's kind of apparent, but to a small business, do they really even give a shit right out of the gate? Um, you know, lack of real time posting. I agree. Web search ranking. I mean, these are all things that I agree a hundred percent with. Um, but once again, I believe from a Google standpoint, that I'm going to bet on Google. I'm going to bet on Google. These things are going to get flushed out. And I love that guys like you are writing about this kind of stuff because it's actually sending out signals to them that they might not even be seeing right now. Because how many of them, how many of them have actually been in the business as long as you and I have and have been really deep into these, into these, uh, these uh, platforms? I, probably nobody, probably nobody on their team. Which makes it nice because now we're sending signal out, signals out saying, hey, look, you know, see you launch something. These things kind of suck. Do you mind fixing these? And, dude, I, it's like free consulting, right? <laughs> it's absolutely free consulting. And if Google wants to write me a blank check, they can send that to <laughs> 29. Chad and Cheese. <laughs> That's right. We, we, we don't have a P.O. box yet, but uh, when we get that, we'll let you know. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's uh, get a quick word from one score and uh, come back and talk a little bit about Dice, who I don't think we've ever talked about. Ever made a bad hire? Well, who hasn't? Hiring the right person can be extremely difficult and, quite frankly, can kill your business if you get it wrong. Well, now thanks to the folks at Wonderlick, there is an easy and affordable solution that can help you find the future rock stars and help you avoid the bad apples. It's called OneScore, and you can try it for free. That's right. Chad and Cheese listeners can get a free seven-day trial by visiting wonderlick.com slash cheddar. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-L-I-C dot com slash C-H-E-D-D-A-R. Use OneScore to make your hiring process smarter. Go to www.wonderlick.com slash cheddar and start your free OneScore trial now. So I take now, that back. We have definitely talked about dice. Before. Yeah, I was. I was going to up for sale. Yeah. Sorry, dude. It's Monday. It's Monday. If we, if we were doing the Friday show as normal, if you weren't out, you know, on the river walk in Texas, <laughs> I might, I might not have made that mistake. But I did. Yes, they've they've been up for sale. No one wants to buy them. We've talked about divesting their sites, which they um, did. Apparently, no one wants those either. Yeah. And so last week, we sort of noticed that. The stock price has hit rock bottom, um, and and this is in light of a low unemployment rate, uh, people needing tech workers in particular tech more than jobs. ever before. Yeah, tech jobs more than ever before. Um, Dice dropped another almost ten percent uh, last week to an eight-year low of two dollars and forty cents a share, um, and today it's even lower at about two twenty-eight a share. So. Um, Hard times on dice, but that that sales price gets much more uh, friendly to someone that just wants uh, a nice little property with some resumes. Yeah, uh, I think we're seeing we're, we're seeing a trend, um, good or bad, that uh, you've got you've got to be more than a job site. I mean, it, you you have to be more than that. 
Um, even though, I mean, dice, I mean, dice is, they've been around for forever. I mean, how many years have they been around? They, what, 20, at least 20 plus. Um, and they've, they've been, they've been the name, uh, when it comes to, to, to tech talent slash job boards. I mean, they've been the ones and to see them fall like this first, the, the divesting, which I thought was smart just because those, those other sites really didn't make sense when it came to the, the big brand of dice. The thing is, as we've talked about with indeed, which indeed is starting to do, as you can see with obviously acquiring interviewed, um, but going to, to actually become more than a job board is going to be incredibly important for them. What do they do? How do they do it? How do they, this is incredibly important. How do they get AI into any of the shit that they're doing right now? Because you and I both know that's the bright and shiny thing that uh, is making people happy and wanting to uh, wanting to engage with uh, many of these startups and or companies who've been around for, for years. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a combination of competition and sourcing, I think, have been Dice's demise in addition to the macro picture. Um, I mean, high, highly sought after tech people don't go to job boards and they don't even go to LinkedIn uh, if you talk to a lot of recruiters. Right. So recruiters have to get the, you know, have to get technologies like Hiring Solved, Intello, you know, these, these companies that help them find those needles in the haystack um, to reach out, reach out to them directly. I mean, posting a job on a job board. Um, for the most part, for most highly tech, you know, savvy folks, just doesn't work anymore. Um, these people are on Stack Overflow. They're on, you know, um, other sites. They're not on these sites. So if they're on, if they're on the sites, people aren't posting jobs. Um, and you see the you see the result in terms of a tanking stock price. But yeah, I don't know what the the answer is for Dice because their audience doesn't do them. I mean, they need to go. They did. They did do like a 180 of content slash education, Community. or I don't know, because they're not cool either. So no one's no. going to flock to Dice, right. To like show off your your developing developing chops. Yeah, to be so. in the coding community, to be in the technical community, to be able to you know be a part of the actual community itself, you have to actually have a community, not just a database full of profiles. So being able to, to, to create those communities and, and if they're there, they're, they're hidden very well. Um, that that's the, the hip new cool thing. You, you don't want to just go to a site, throw your resume into it and then, and then walk away. Um, used to be that way, but that's not how it works anymore. There, there's the interaction, the engagement that, uh, that needs to happen. Yeah. But I would say dice probably missed the window on, uh, acquiring, some of these companies that could have really helped them yeah. on the job posting side. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, the job board industry continues to have challenges. Uh, certainly not dead, but at least maybe zombied and on life support. So, so here's a quick question then. How long do you think it's going to take for Dice to actually gobble up the Google Jobs API and start using their search? Again, it's about bright and shiny at this point, right? So yeah. how do you get bright and yeah. shiny fast? Um, yeah, I don't know what they spend on resources for search. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the job board doctor, a friend of ours, if you don't know the doctor, go, go to jobboarddoctor.com. Um, he's a loyal listener and he did a poll recently about, um, how many job boards were going to integrate or plan to integrate the Google API into their site. And I think it was upwards of 25%, if I remember correctly. He does actually, I mean, 50, 50, 
plus percent, I believe, were, were actually interested. And then okay. uh, on the Google for Jobs side, and, and again, I, I, I just trying to on a Monday morning with only two cups of coffee, trying to pull this out of my head. Um, but 80 percent um, were interested in the Google for Jobs side of the house. So I don't know. In some cases, you know, whether they they understand that you know that the two are somewhat linked. Um, because if you're partnering with Google, I wonder what kind of up you're going to get on the Google for job side of the house uh, and using their API. But yeah, man, I mean, it, you've got a company like CareerBuilder right out of the gate says, you know what, we're going to do this because we realize that we suck at search and we could do better if we had a search partner. Um, having a, a site like Dice recognizing that. Uh, makes a lot of sense, but again, depends on the the kind of resources and dollars that are actually spent in their search. Yep. Well, if you work at Dice and you integrate the API, let us know, and we'll talk about it. Love to. Otherwise, uh, we've probably out outworn our welcome with listeners. Never. Uh, it is Monday. I need I need a cup of coffee like you do. Uh, let's say adios and uh, have a great week. Excellent. Have a good one, man. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit HireDaily.com. Oh, and you're welcome. Boom. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.